you don't want to, okay now we're and now we're recording so stop all your filthy nonsense <laughs> i think all people heard was don't they ever lay around and smoke dope and screw was that your whole childhood is that how because <laughs> i don't know me and dan grew up in western canada we weren't doing a lot of laying around smoking dope and screwing no we were throwing crab apples at each other <laughs> yeah we were just talking before we started about how uh I know it's lame, but I mean, you know, we live in, I, I grew up in the prairies and lived most of my life now in Ontario and seeing a lemon on a tree is kind of cool, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then of course, Fred, oh, have you not ever seen an apple tree or a plum tree? Because <laughs> if fruit grows on trees conversation. Yeah. I remember golfing with John Moore from uh, News Talk 1010 and we found those apples on that tree that were in great condition mm-hmm. and we indulged. That's my memory of John Moore. Well, that's a great story. <laughs> so, so you know, you remember it. You really, it's, it's, that was riveting. No, I do remember that. And, and um, what is it about, you know, fresh fruit off a, a tree that's, you know, sort of fascinating? If you grow up in a world where it's just at the supermarket. Of course, at the supermarket, it's four apples for $8 here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know it's ridiculous. No, the prices it's unbelievable. Down here just it, like in Florida, I can't wait to get home to get back to sanity. Um, like it is wild. It really is wild. My other um, and and I think the the fruit on the tree. I think it's the, the whole Adam and Eve thing because you know that's how they survived and how that whole story mm-hmm. went. And no, no, exactly. You know, it's, it's biblical. I think that's why you're attached to it. Well, of course um, I am. My other golf story. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know that. Wait, 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 wait. My favorite part of that is. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how Adam and Eve survived. Yeah, <laughs> Just like eating apples. apples. I think that's yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. And then Adam and Eve survived yeah. on crab apple stew. And did somebody eat a bad apple or something? Yes. And it was a sin. Or yes. I, 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 anyway, and um, then a snake, and then snake went up Adam's pee hole. I think is that <laughs> my, other, my other? Well, it comes to mind. My other radio golf course story mm-hmm. was playing with Lumby that day. And he walked off the course on the twelfth hole because he was so. Frustrated. Yeah, no, it's not the best. <laughs> I looked at how said he's not serious, is he? He looked at oh, who? Yeah, he's serious. He looked at Darren. Not I looked Howard. at you. Oh, you looked at me. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking. Yeah, to I him. was with you. Yes, and we had to talk him down. And I, yeah, and I looked at Howard. And I said, "He's not serious. This is a bit, isn't it?" He said, no, 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 he's serious. It was funny. (laughs) I remember playing in the early days when we first came to Toronto. I remember playing racquetball because you and I got into racquetball for a while there. Remember that in the Brampton community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all played it. And I remember taking Lumby. I can't remember if it was racquetball or squash. It might have been racquetball, but he broke a racket <laughs> while we were playing. And it meant, you know, like, it was really nothing. It wasn't, it was just for fun. But listen, I'm, I'm one to talk, you know. I'm a, grown, I'm a grown man that at age 61 last summer, at the end of a, probably my best year in golf, I got so mad one day for some reasons I still can't remember. I still, still can't explain. I threw my seven iron into a forest. Did you find it? Oh, yeah. I had to go back after the round. Did I ever tell you that? This was like in I, September. I, I was yeah. really disappointed. Were you? <laughs> so was I. I was more surprised than disappointed. I was like, what? 
because after scraping the five or seven iron on the highway as you drove along to punish it for the bad shot, yes. I thought it could. I thought you know that's that that story alone would probably prevent you from doing anything like that again, and mm-hmm. I was wrong. Yeah. Well, listen, we're all. <laughs> I was wrong. We're all, you know what? We're all learning as we go. Why? Why are sparks? Why are sparks flying out of that guy's car? All right, can we start the show? Uh, I think we're uh, everything's recording. Dan Duran, are you ready? Have you prepared something uh, uh, with some variety, or are you just going to go with the old? And by the way, you you know what? You can make one. You 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 don't have to say in our latest sponsor, GoDaddy, because uh, they are no longer. You know, it's not a new. They're not new, so you can make that amend. Make amends. all right. I'm amended. I'm amended now. All right. Well, here we go. The following episode is coming to you live from La Quinta, California, and Panama City, Florida. That is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canacabana, Doer, and. Go, Daddy. And now here are two men who have been eating what Americans eat and are now supersized and arrogant. It's Sumble and Fred. Very nice, Dan Durant. And you can take Doer off there as well. Mm-hmm. Doer's done. All right. Uh, we're uh, expecting a couple of different guests today. Obviously, Dan Durant, always a, a welcome addition to any program. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy from Billy Talent. I wish I knew his name right in front of me. What's his name? Anybody? Oh, brother. <laughs> I know. He used to work at CFN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ben. Yeah. But he doesn't. Benny. Yeah, but he doesn't. Ben, have his ben Kowalski or something. I don't know. Aren't yeah. we professional? Well, no, because I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the. Mm-hmm. The Toronto Mike, it's Ben from Billy Talent. This mm-hmm. this call him that, but nowhere on this thing is is his last name there. But that's fine. And uh, Andy, to, yeah, yeah, it's he an interesting story, isn't it? He used to be the uh, an op at uh, CFNY. Was that after yeah. us? Uh, oh, geez, there's another question. Not around that time, I think, Howard, to be All honest. Right. Yeah. And uh, Dan Duran will be back later with uh, Dan Duran News. And before you go, did you get that story about the guy that froze his wiener? That I sent you? Oh, no. I was uh, concentrating on the, uh, you know, all the other stuff going on. All so right. Well, we, uh, well, well, look for the wiener guy. Uh, we may do that story ourselves, as I said to you in my note. Okay. Well, but, I'll listen. And if you don't, then I'll do the wiener. Well, it's, it, it's, listen, there's always room for two attempts at a guy who froze his wiener story because i actually have a frozen wiener story myself oh really you've frozen your wiener i have yeah years ago so have i so have i really when i was a kid yeah do you guys further yeah wow well dan it's why you know not all of us have the you know the blood supply you know that <laughs> in fact i may have done it more than once as a kid really yeah yeah well i did it I as an adult You'd think you'd never do that, but anyway. Yeah, you'd um, think if you did it once, you'd never do it again. But uh, yeah. anyways, Dan Duran will be back. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. I got new uh, material for my uh, my intro for tomorrow, then. Good. Yeah. yeah. Here, okay. Guys. Okay, bye. What's this uh, senior? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you're talking about the price of things. You know, one never thinks one 
looks one's age. I mean, I think it's human nature. You know, I don't know. I know one thing. I don't feel like you at 64. How old are you? 65? I'm 65, Howie. Like, I don't, I don't look at you. And maybe because I've known you since you were in your early 30s. Like, you don't seem like a, my image of a 65-year-old. And I don't feel like what I used to think a 62-year-old sure. uh, looked like. Mm-hmm. But to other people, to other younger human beings, mm-hmm. you know, we just are like, <laughs> we're just old guys now. But mm-hmm. Rachel, Rachel looks much younger than me. Uh, I mean, we were in Italy with Tim Daniels and his wife. His wife thought Rachel was in her 40s and might still want to have children. Anyway, Rachel and I go to a movie the other night here. Went and saw a you know, fun little Agatha Christie movie, uh, Death on the Nile. is fine. But we go to the pictures. <laughs> we go to the movie show. And, you know, we have masks on. We go inside the theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, the young human being behind the counter immediately gives us both senior tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> now, here in uh, Southern California, 62 is considered senior for movie prices. We had checked it out. So I knew I was, I, I was going to say I'm 62 if they thought I was younger. But I felt bad for Rachel. And I said, well, you're only, I said, first of all, you're only getting the senior rate because you're with me. That and the fact that we're there's no one else here at six o'clock. There's a movie it was like you know the, the show starts at six thirty, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm golfing tomorrow. I have a senior rate. I love it. You know that's one of those bittersweet things, right? Like sure. senior, but hey, I can take advantage, and I like to take advantage. You know, on the flip side of that, they have this thing down in Florida. It hasn't happened to me yet, but my brother-in-law, Clyde, who's 67, and his wife is 66, and even Delise, I think, have all been asked for ID Mm. when purchasing alcohol. Yeah. And the other day, he goes through, and he's got a couple of bottles of wine, and the girl asks him, and I said, like, why? And she said, sir, we just have to ask everyone. Yep. And it's for legal reasons or whatever, but it's just, it's downright silly. I got asked. I bought Rachel a bottle of wine the other day, and I got asked. Had to produce my ID. Uh, I think, again, it's probably for, as you say, for legal purposes. I just thought it was funny that we just instantly got hit with, you must be seniors. Who else is going to a 6 p.m. movie? Um, anyway, we're here in the America for three more days. Then uh, just for everyone who's been trying to keep track of how many shows we're doing remotely this year. And this, and, and by the way, in future years, should we still be you know producing this program, we won't be you know, off as much as we have been, but we just, we're trying to figure it out. So we're on this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week, there will be no humble and Fred shows, although there will be some great best of us put together by our man Boone. Um, and then we're back to regular programming. Uh, I'm coming back on the, when are you, when are you starting to drive home? Cause I'm, I'm flying back the 5th of March. Yeah. I start driving back that day. Yep. And that's what two days. Yeah. One night over. Yep. And I got to figure out this rapid test thing. Like, it's got to be done within 24 hours. Like, where am I going to have that done and how and all that? It was almost easier with the PCR. You had 72 hours. Yeah, 72 hours, hours, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You still have to do, Uh, uh, Rachel was telling me last night, you still have to do the Arrive Canada app. You do? Yes. Oh, okay. And it's really simple. Well, I do, because we're flying. Mm. Um, You may not have to. Oh, Uh, Probably. 
Why wouldn't I? Well, I don't know. I, I did mm-hmm. you did you have to do one when you drove back? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. you probably have to do it. I mean, really, mm-hmm. other than, all you need to upload is your proof of vaccination and your test. But I did it. Wouldn't it still be there from when I was in South Carolina? Maybe. Yeah. But I'll you'd have it. to also upload your negative your, or your test from your most recent. But how do you do that? Because it's almost instant. Like, you know what I mean? It's this whole 24 hour thing is weird. So I'm going to have to like, even if I stop halfway home and yeah. get and get a, a rapid test, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know, any little glitch and I may not make it to the border within 24 hours. You know, it's no, just, no, I know it's actually you're right. It's more complex. It's, it's almost more complicated driving because of the variable, but yeah. I mean, it could be the same for me. I mean, my flight's supposed to leave at, you know, uh, two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. If I get my test, you know, uh, later in the day, I've got to make sure that it's, it's, I'm cover. I can't do it too early in the day because it won't be valid anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Let's hope in the next two weeks they, you know, they bury that as well. I mean, seriously, let's move on. <laughs> really? No, I know. I, and, and cause they're, they've taken away the PCR test and they've also, there's still an opportunity to get randomly tested at the airport mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, and then I'm thinking if I cross at Detroit and it's a Sunday morning, okay, go and get a rapid test where would it be available on a Sunday and would a drugstore do it and all that stuff. Yeah. Where the old way, not to repeat, I, I could, you know, on the Friday get the PCR here and it's good to go until the next Monday. And it's, well, that works. So, no, I know. You know what? I, I, I got to do some more investigating because it can't be that complicated. You no, know, no, I know. And, and, and depending on when, when and where you cross, you'd have to then investigate. Are there is there a Walgreens in that area? Is there some place you could stop? Um, again, for me, I just have to make sure that I get the test after, you know, my flight time. But then what if that's the thing is if I get a test at four o'clock on the Friday and my plane's delayed and it. And then do I have to get another test before I get on the plane? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and then anyway. you, they could say, okay, sir, your test is negative. But is there something wrong with your pecker? <laughs> <laughs> we detect. Is there a tingling? Do you, have a, do, you have a sting, do you have a stinging in your pee hole, sir? Because Sting. it seems to be showing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Actually, it's, uh, I'm on my fifth week of this antibiotic that I've been on now. Is it cleared up yet? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yes. It's like, ni- well, it's like 95% cleared up. For you people that are one, it's a stinging pee hole update. It's 95% mm. done. Just occasionally still I can detect a little bit, plus the urgency. Like, I want to tell you, and I, and I hope I was at least somewhat empathetic when you went through your trouble. Because I can tell you from what I've experienced the last three or four weeks, this urgency to go and this immediate, I've never, I've never experienced anything like it where all of a sudden, you, well, you saw me the other day, I'm talking to you and I've just got to get up and go. It's like, uh-huh. so that is still happening from time to time, but I can't imagine what you went through. It's just ridiculous. Well, mine was a little different because I didn't have to get up to pee because I had a pee bag strapped to my fucking leg. Oh, that's right. So I could. I, some days, I did, some days, some days we were doing the show, and I was looking at you while we were talking, and I was peeing. That's we you know talking. what? That's somehow comforting to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Good for you. 
I had a... Yeah, anyway, man, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine. You had a catheter. My buddy Paul, who had, who had bladder cancer uh, and has been treated for it the last year, for a while there, he had to be, be cather, catheterized, cather, whatever. And uh, I can't imagine it. And you, you had yours for six weeks. Six weeks. It was horrid. <laughs> Jesus. And I didn't drink, sometimes I didn't drink enough water, so I would get these sort of uh, cramps or... Uh, you had a crampy pee hole? Yeah, whatever it was. It was just, it wasn't nice. No, I bet. But I'm through it now, and since then, I've uh, it's been great. All right. Well, listen, we got a lot of stuff to get through today. Welcome, everyone. The show is officially underway, and uh, it's our pleasure to have you along with us. Um, Fred's in Panama City, Florida. I'm about 40 minutes or so outside of Palm Springs, California, uh, a little community called La Quinta. And as I was explaining to Fred before the show, like there's a really fancy area near here. We're not in the fanciest area, but we're in a really nice area. And I just wanted to mention, because I spoke to him on the weekend, the, the guy, this all, you know, we're, we really have, I'm, I know we've mentioned it a few times. We have some of the nicest listeners. We have people that are really supportive of us. Of course, the Patreons who give us money every month, which is, you know, I, we don't thank them enough. And, it, and it's, it's amazing that they do it. But I'm staying at somebody's house, basically, as a guest of them. Jason Trenton's his name. And, and all because this Jason guy liked our radio show. Mm-hmm. And he was kind enough to offer this to me. Uh, and you as well. Mm-hmm. He offered this to us a couple of years ago. And then I got sick. We never got a chance to come to Palm Springs. I was here for one day. Well, I've been here now for two weeks and a few days. And I talked to him on the weekend. I said, Jason, we're so, we really appreciate this. He just thinks it's hilarious because he's been listening and watching the show from his kitchen. Oh, right. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I guess I, it's really one of the nicest things that I, you know, we've just been so lucky over the years to have such nice people that have, have been kind to us. And I just wanted to mention that it was, we really appreciate being able to stay here because, you know, this ain't cheap. He, he used to, he doesn't rent this out anymore, but he used to. And um, anyway, it's just very nice. Just so you know, the guy that owns my place is hoarding stuff now because of Joe Biden's inflation. No, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. What, what does that yeah. mean? Like hoarding water and stuff? Well, he's buying all sorts of stuff that's expensive. <laughs> like the other day, he comes here and he shows me a big box of like uh, disposable razors. And he said, I love these razors. And he said they can be pricey. So he said, I bought a bunch of, uh, I've been trying to think of things that I should have. When uh, Joe Biden's. And I didn't get into it. Yeah, that's what he called it, Joe Biden's inflation. Yeah. Although I did say, I said, Scott, you know, there's inflation's a problem all over the world, right? Yeah. And what did he say to that? He just wasn't yeah. listening to me. Yeah. <clears throat> I have. I wanted to mention, for the most part, you know, I went golfing yesterday with uh, one guy from Chicago and one guy originally from Michigan. The guy from Michigan, obviously, more familiar with Canadians. But, you know, we spend four and a half hours together and have zero conversation about Ukraine, about Trump, about Canada, nothing about truckers, no convoy. And I don't know if that's because it's the... I don't know if it's the world of golf, but you're standing around, you know, on every tee, having a conversation about something. And it never comes up. And I'm not bringing it up. I don't want to be... I I want no part of it. 
No, my uh, brother-in-law was laughing at me the other day. We played with a guy from uh, Kansas, grew up in Nebraska, and afterward, Clyde was laughing at me because I asked the guy so many questions, but it was all about Kansas and Nebraska, yeah. like just trying to learn stuff. No, none of that stuff come up, and he was very polite, nice man, and had never been to Canada, of course, and I've played with a guy from uh, West Virginia and a guy from Minnesota, and mm-hmm. no, nothing. Yeah, nothing. me too. Well, I've played three rounds now and had zero conversation about anything other than I did the same thing. One of the guys I played with yesterday actually lives here full-time. He's from Michigan, but he's moved here. And I was just fascinated. He became, you'd love this. He's a guy in his late 60s. <clears throat> and then once he retired, he was like, I need something to do. So he became a guide in Joshua Tree National Park. Right. So he was telling me, like, during the round, he would point out some of the mountains around here and explain to me what, you know, and right. talked about that. And all conversations about life other than those political, you know, flashpoints. This Dave, this guy from Kansas, he spent most of his life in Nebraska. And I said, you know, it's interesting. I've been, I said, I've been to a lot of states, but what takes me there is either sports or the sun. And I said, I can't imagine myself going to Nebraska. And I said, Dave, why would I want to go to Nebraska? Like, tell me about it and give me a reason that I'd want to go there. And he said, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And there's I, no said, sun, there's no goes, sports. He just said it's flat and boring. That's what he said. <laughs> well, I can't imagine Nebraska looks a lot different than Saskatchewan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was funny. But it, it's also interesting, too. I had a long conversation with Brother David Glassman yesterday who, you know, it was almost, I don't know if I felt better or worse after talking to him because he has some business contacts, uh that are intimate with what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine, or they, they sort of have a knowledge of it. And, you know, that stuff is, it seems so remote to me now, but it's, you know, it's happening and, you know, we're on the brink of something here. And, and my point is that doesn't come up either. Like no one was, no one seems to be talking about that, you know, in the conversations that I'm having. Yeah. It's just so aggravating that a few at the top can. Oh Yeah control the lives of so many it just bugs me like really piss off what's he need to be in ukraine for well but like, you know the thing is it's to david's point and he went i, I, I wish i could have recorded the conversation because mm-hmm. he has a really good working knowledge of why with the history of why mm-hmm. it's happening what mm-hmm. putin's mm-hmm. all about you know he was talking about how the russians see you know the, the way the russians see western unrest and, you know, their right to rule and all that stuff. But my point is, like, we're on the brink of something here. And and I'm tired of being, I don't know about you and other people, but I'm tired of being on high alert. You know, we had the pan, we have the pandemic for two years. And then at the end of that, we've got this unrest in Canada, unprecedented unrest and, and um, vitriol. And now we've got a possible world war. Like, enough already when do we get a couple of months of just chilling you know it started in 2016 with the great orange enabler Mm -hmm. it really did that's when it all started i agree i forgot that part Mm Hmm. yeah on that point so i put on my investigative reporter's hat the other day i'm watching on um i'm watching what's going on in ottawa as they're clearing them out by the way i was very proud because you know, the Toronto Sun and that whole 
faction. You know, it's, oh, they've taken away our rights. And no, I what's, know. What the, what's uh, this Emergencies Act? Well, you know what? It was three weeks and it was time to do something. And it's, it, it's 30 days, the Emergencies Act. And I thought it was great the way they cleared those people out. You know, that's what happens in a, dec- in a civilized society when a thug steals city. So that's the byproduct. Okay, get over it. That's what happened. But anyway, I'm watching this thing, and they start interviewing this guy. And it was the typical guy. You know, he had all the facts mixed up, and he was bringing some American terminology into it. But he's wearing a, a coat, and I'm not going to say the name of the company. It was a flooring company. And I thought, is this guy crazy? Why would he wear the coat of his company right. and say all this nonsense? So I thought, I got to phone this place. So I did. As Mr. Gohead? No, no. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I just, I thought, I'm going to phone. And I'm saying, maybe get the guy on, on, on the show. Sure. Like, like, who is that guy? Let's yeah. get him on the show. Like, how could you do that? Anyway, I phone and the guy picks up the phone and I said, let me get this straight. Somebody from your company says, no, sir, sir, I'm sorry. He said, I'm under attack here right now. He said, I fired that guy three months ago. Oh, I, I see. Said, really? He said, yeah. He said, yeah, he's a bit of an oddball. And he said, you know, he said, honestly, my phone's been ringing off the hook. And he said, honestly, I don't know what to do. And I said, hey, buddy, I feel for you. Like, I feel bad. I said, because I was going to phone and say, well, I know where I'm not going to be buying my flooring. And he said, no, I've been, I, I, he said, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. He wore that coat on TV and now I'm, I'm literally under fire. I felt so sorry for the guy. Well, because look what you did. And you're a, no, like, yes. uh, you're, you're a semi-normal guy and you just called mm-hmm. up to to voice some concern. Imagine what the, the phone calls he's getting from like not normal people freaking yeah. out at him. Yeah, so just another dimension to this. If these assholes had just done their bit for a couple of days and gone home, none of this would have been necessary. Well, you know? and, and, you know, the misinformation and the, you know, the urban legend of the woman, she, she, you know, have you heard this? A woman donated $20 and she's had her assets frozen. Okay, show me that. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, no, they're, they're, you know, the people that had their assets frozen mm-hmm. were not the average person who donated a few dollars to the the cause but we're in a world of disinformation that is that that is unprecedented as well that that you can just buy into whatever nonsense narrative that suits your purposes Mm -hmm. um i don't know about the emergency i mean the emergencies act you know there were some steps that may that may have been taken prior but here's where we are and you know, what are we going to do? Do you want to, by the way, speaking of where we are, we've got a few minutes uh, before uh, our guest brother, Bill and Ben from Billy Talent uh, join us. And if we're going to get to those emails, we can always wait, but we should uh, get to some business here before too long. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Like the Chambers plan, Canada's, well, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. It's all there, including testimonials from other small businesses that describe exactly how this has worked for them. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, really, so many small businesses don't even dream that they could be part of a benefits package that works for all and that's affordable. And as Brett Tanner told us the other day, has been holding the line on premiums quite nicely over the past few years. Again, whether it's 
dental, uh, whether it's prescriptions, therapies, the teledoc system, travel insurance like Humble and I right now. We're under the chamber plan uh, security of travel. Yes, we are. Chamber plan. Chamberplan.ca. I want to uh, give a quick shout out to Keith Weiland, who for a long time in the early days of our podcast, we used to sort of say our sort of, we called him our pro, our music director, but he, because he would often send us musical suggestions. This one he sent me, it's from uh, John Prine. And uh, it's a song called In Spite of Ourselves. I don't know, kind of cool. We'll end up sitting on a rainbow. And in the meantime, while you're listening to that, I'll let you know that this program is brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. There's really no better time than now to get your idea online with GoDaddy. You can find your domain. Your domain. You can you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy. No credit cards required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. corny, convict movies make her horny. She likes ketchup on her scrambled eggs, swears like a sailor when she shaves her legs She takes a licking Keeps on ticking I'm never gonna let her go You know, a lot of people It's um, it's easy for guys like us and, You know, I've spent half my life In eastern Canada Between Montreal and Toronto I've lived more in eastern Canada Than I lived in western Canada Mm-hmm but part of my conversation with David, my older brother, and I had this conversation with somebody else, actually um, Rachel's brother, mm-hmm. and um, I was saying, you know, the, the problem with Western Canada or, or Eastern Canada is that, you know, for a long time, Western Canada has felt underrepresented, and there is a, a long history of Western unrest. This convoy just wasn't about vaccine mandates and Restrictions And for Eastern Canadians who don't remember, you know, Western Canada has been, you know, feeling less than for a long time. Historically, back to the, you know, 70s and 80s at the beginning of the Reform Party, Preston Manning, then Stockwell Day. All of that came from a feeling of, you know, the East not really caring about the West and a, a plus transfer payments and oil and all this stuff. It's all wound up in that. And let's not forget, too, that the you, know, you have two things. You've got the creation of, a, of a, another, you know, sort of fraction or faction of the conservative party. At the same time, you've got the creation and the headquarters of the Aryan nation also in Alberta. I'm not saying this as an excuse. I'm just saying there's an explanation for these people and how they feel that isn't just about a bunch of yahoos that don't want to get vaccinated. Sure. Um yeah, you know, when Trudeau, before he was elected, remember he promised some degree of election reform. Never happened. And why would it? Because the GTA decides who's going to govern this country. Oh, yeah. And that's just not fair. It's got to change. 
you know, this is, you know, the GTA is traditionally federally liberal and it's not changing for whatever reason. You know, people say, you know, a lot of new Canadians, immigrants come and uh, if it's a sitting liberal government, when they come in, they sort of thank them for being able to be in the country or whatever, whatever the reasons are. And they're all valid and they could all be true. But the bottom line is one little section of the country uh, ge- geographically um, dictates like the, the people who must know the, the, the results of the election before their polls even close. Like, mm-hmm. of, of course, you'd be frustrated. It's got to change. Yeah. The last election, the conservatives had more votes than any other party. But they don't win the election. And I don't know what the formula is, but really figure it out. We need representation in a more just or valid way. A a more realistic way. And and again, you know, I come from Saskatchewan, the first province in the country to ever elect an NDP government. Mm -hmm. Um, Western Canada has felt... You know, you know, this whole Wexit thing, the idea that Alberta wants to separate. I just wonder, I guess what I wanted to say is, you know, it's easy for us in Eastern Canada to sort of go, whatever, you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, we don't really care. And and one of the reasons that, you know, they, they don't like us is because of that attitude. But also because, as you just said, the key is... By the time they go to the they by the time they go to vote, the election's already decided in a part of the country they already can't stand and feel like you know they're underrepresented. And so I'm not I'm not saying this as an excuse for you know the Aryan and the nation's behavior. I'm just telling you, there's a whole group of people out there that don't give a shit about us. And you know what I would do is question the methods. It's like hey. You know, they kept talking about, oh, our right to protest. I, I, I think I read over 250 days a year there's protests in Ottawa on some level. Sure. People come, they protest, they, you know, they say their piece and they move on. This was just all about the occupation. This was different. You know, and it gets down to methods. Yeah, we hear you. We heard you two weeks ago. But now there are shopkeepers losing their businesses their citizens can't use their street i mean right down to winterfest you know skating on the redo all the people were robbed of that mm-hmm. in their own city by this occupation enough is enough and something had to be done i just remember even you and i have said it on the show if you don't want to get a vaccine great but when you don't there's consequences deal with it this just went on too long And again, all this harping and crying about the Emergencies Act. Yeah, it sucks. You know, if I read the fine print, I'd probably hate it. Mm -hmm. But it's there for 30 days. And you know what? They asked for it. So deal with it. Yeah, um, there's a... um, Again, I only bring it up because I've had this conversation recently with some guys that I respect. And I, you know, you being one of them. And I know you get it. You've been... You know, you understand. Like, there is a... There's a reason that the East... Mm -hmm has a stink on for Western Canadians. It's historic. It's inequitable. And, and it's the election act has got to be changed so that, you know, so that Alberta and, and BC and Saskatchewan can have a feel like they're having a voice in the national government. Because mm-hmm. I can't remember. I was, I was trying to think of, you know, Harper's from Harper's not from out West, is he? Well, no, he was born in Toronto and then was sat out West. Like right. He was a, he, like he, as a politician, right, right. I, I'm just trying because I'm, I'm trying to come up with other than Joe Clark in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Has there been a Western Canadian? 
prime minister? Good question. You know, Mulroney was a Quebecer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and that's another thing that Western Canada must get frustrated with. Just the way we're set up, you know, the GTA decides who's going to be the election and there's constant pandering to Quebec, you know, to get those votes, because sometimes that's sort of the tipping point between the bloc and the liberals and never goes conservative. So Quebec, the squeaky wheel, tends to get a lot of stuff that Western Canada asks for and never gets. Exactly. Of course, they're, you know, but Howard at all, it, it just gets back to methods. I mean, they... Western Canada needs a, a sort of a united front. They got to watch the face of their presentation because if it is these racists and, you know, these goobers and it, it doesn't help the cause. Um, no, 100 percent. And and it, you're totally right. Methodology wise, it was a shit show. And it really, you know. And again, as I mentioned, all the urban myths now around, oh, and my assets were frozen because I gave $20 to the convoy. No, they weren't. Huh. Uh, but I, I wanted to read you something from my, uh, I was saying, speaking of the NDP being elected, you know, early on in our career, the NDP got elected in Ontario. Yeah. Um, and, uh, How'd that turn out? Yeah. But, but you know what? The guy, Bob Ray, for the last 30 years you know he's not a he's an interesting character so here's a here's a tweet from bob ray a truck is not a speech a horn is not a voice an occupation is not a protest a blockade is not freedom it blocks the liberty of all a demand to overthrow a government is not a dialogue the expression of hatred is not a difference of opinion a lie is not the truth and i thought isn't that you know he's a he's a bright guy and he's got a, a pretty great... I, I like that perspective. Oh, I wish I'd have wrote that. Like, that's fantastic. I mean, that more or less says it all. But again, you know where we are with social media and the media? Like, as I, I say, even the Toronto Sun, like even a guy like Joe Warmington, some of the stuff he wrote on the weekend, I'm thinking, Joe... But then again, this is a guy that turns to Don Cherry for uh, wisdom, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. And then he goes on Fox News and literally pisses all over his country. So, like, fuck off. Like... You know, and I know they do it. The Sun has to sell papers, and it's so competitive, and they want to get the ear of that right-wing, you know, Southern Ontario guy to to move their papers. I, I get all that. But it, at some point, you know, we look at Americans and often say they aren't, they aren't patriots. They don't love their country. They're doing it for money. Well, you know what? I saw that happen here over the weekend. No. With him. To go on Fox News and feed that bullshit, like... No, I, I know it's did. well you know it's like uh, mm-hmm. uh again i don't really know him very well I, we've had him on the show a few times I, I don't know what he's really like but to it's almost it's weirdly how the there are some american commentators taking the side of putin over joe fucking biden mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. how is that possible how is it possible that there, the Americans and, and this Ukrainian situation, it's on the, the brink of, again, unprecedented times. And there's a, a faction of American politics that are siding with the Russian dictator over their own president. That's something I've never seen, because even when there's been political divide in this country, in America, it always gets galvanized around the um, common enemy. 
you know, I'm, the Iraq war, even though a lot of people thought they went in there and they turned out to be a huge lie. But at the time, no one took the side of Saddam Hussein. No, it's just where we're at. But think about that. In 20 years, now we've got mm-hmm. people who are literally, if, if 9-11 mm-hmm. happened today under Joe Biden, they would be, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of people on Fox that would be mm-hmm. thinking yes. that, uh, what's the other guy that got the, fuck. Who? Where? What? Not Saddam Hussein. The other guy, the the, the architect of 9-11, the one we all hated, the guy who got killed. Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden. Imagine, so now they would be on the side of Osama bin Laden. <laughs> like, it's just bizarre to me. No, and uh, I think you played it on the show, Tucker Carlson, actually, you know, giving all the reasons. Like, why would you side with Ukraine when Russia offers this and this and this and this? And it's just all political. Joe Biden is against the uh you know the attack on ukraine so we just have to take the other side i know it's sad and it, more and more through this thing in ottawa we found out you know we're not squeaky clean we no. have a lot of the same and no. i just you know and I, I if i read once i read f- 15 times in the toronto sun or richard surrett talking about the bouncy ca- uh, castles that had been set up in the streets of ottawa in feeding the homeless but they never wanted to mention that phil king was one of the organizers or that there was kids seen on the weekend with gas cans strapped to their backs as sort of deco of course they were empty but still it was a message being sent by their parents or bringing kids to you know putting kids between them and the police pushing forward this weekend they never mentioned that it was about oh no they set up bouncy castle castles and they had a concert <laughs> no it's, it's funny how they're trying to rewrite it the same way that the republicans here and it's again they're all from the same f- stupid playbook which is that wasn't an insurrection that was just some people you know, they've got video of a policeman on january 6th in the last year being pummeled to death with the edge of a flag and they th- and they and they rewrite that as it was just a few people. It was more, no more than just a few tourists. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but anyway, and again, our again, I read something from our buddy Richard Surrett. He's all over Trudeau about ending democracy in Canada, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. He literally loves Donald Trump, who is as we speak working behind the scenes to dismantle democracy in the United States. He doesn't see it that way, though. No, I know he doesn't. But the thing is, um, uh, Trump's way of ending democracy is the type of world that Richard wants to live in. So it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like right down the line. And there's no solution to this. And we can argue about it all day. And you can try and talk the other side down or bring them over to your side. It's never going to happen. It's just the fire just keeps being fed and we we said it last week where does it end where does it stop where are we going with all this well i um i don't know you know like it's up the the funny thing about doing our show now you know for a few years it was all about trump the last couple of years it's all been about the pandemic and I was kind of at some point, you kind of hope we can, not that we need to get back to, you know, fart jokes and nonsense. But what, what I wrote down was this feeling of being on high alert, I think, is stressing. There, there's a yes. there's a level of stress in our society where even if you're not a news hound or whatever, like we are, we're always constantly looking at news. Even if you're not, mm-hmm. there's a, a feeling, a sense of high alert 
a stress in, in society that I don't recall. You know, like there's not a, there hasn't been, and you, and you, I forgot about, I can't believe I forgot about the Trump thing because that produced a sense of what the hell is going on. A real game changer, man. And, and so for the last number of years, a lot of people, myself, yourself, all our friends and family, there's, you know, we're having fun. And all of a sudden you remember that Donald Trump is the president of the United States, you know, the pandemic hit and then. You know, now this convoy and now we find out that Canada is not the innocent land of, you know, unity. We thought it was, and you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask from people. Yeah. One more point I will make an observation down here, and it goes back to what you talk about the people in Western Canada being feel uh, feeling like they're being left out. Just a subdivision one over for where I, from where I'm staying on the streets a lot of the houses are, are trailers, like big trailers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's unbelievable. It seems to be like a safe, pleasant area, but a lot of them are trailers, and you can tell the people are poor, right? The places aren't kept up very well. Just that image you would get of the trailer park American, and how many of them have Trump signs? The cars in the driveway are broken down, but have like Trump stickers on them. And I'm thinking, that doesn't make sense. Like, he's not working for them. But they had years, as going back to what you said about Western Canadians, years and years and years of being, feeling like they were being left behind. That's and then right. all of a sudden, this Donald Trump guy comes up and starts bullshitting them about how much greater their lives are going to be. Of course, they're going to jump on board. Yeah. And ultimately, he will do nothing for them. He might, may harm them, ultimately. But they reached, that was something for them to grab onto. A hundred percent. I mean, and, and again, if you are a, you know, a, a poor or white American who has felt disenfranchised by the cultural elites, you know, and you grew up in a world where you didn't have to worry about transgender athletes and gays marrying and pronouns and et cetera, et cetera. If you grew up in that world and all of a sudden you've got somebody saying, it's okay, I'm going to, we're going to make America great again, which is code for, we're going to make America the white country it was that you guys grew up in and fantasized about. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intoxicating stuff. It's pretty alluring, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, forget yes. about the fact. I mean, I had written down that you know the Trump family is—they're always the victim. You know, those people mm-hmm. that are across the street from you. I'd love to ask them: How is it possible that it's never this guy's fault? It's never Donald Trump. It's always somebody out to get him. Although I will say this, and I had this conversation with my brother-in-law, too, the other day on the golf course. They better come up with something soon. Because for years, all we've heard about is, you know, the Russian collusion and his business dealings and uh, the circuit court of New York. You know, at some point, come up with something or shut up. Because the more you talk about it and you don't come up with something, the better it makes him look. Yeah, but the thing is, Freddie, they've got stuff. They've got some stuff. They do. Let's see it. Yeah, well, we're going to, but I, I, I like, so. like his family is not going to testify. They're not going to be deposed. They're going to come up with some way of skirting right. it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I could give you 20 things right now. You know, the Trump University, the, mm-hmm. the charities, the cancer funds, they, but, but nothing, you're right. Nothing has been like, he's not in jail and he should be. Meanwhile, they still talk about Hillary Clinton and her mm-hmm. emails. No, I know. 
And did you see, he, he took boxes of uh, oh, classified yeah. stuff to Mar-a-Lago. Or Lago, Not supposed right? to do that. No. No other president's done it. No. <laughs> um, we have our guest, our Gig Sky guest of the day. Our Gig Sky guest of the day is a uh, uh, former um, friend of ours. Well, still a friend of ours. Former broadcaster. Former broadcast partner of ours. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we're just going to wait for him to sign in. There he is. Look at you, man. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> and this is the first time we've been on the same time zone, you and me. <laughs> right. The California West Coast time zone with British Columbia, right? Hey, how you doing, gentlemen? Great to see your faces. Goddamn Neil Morrison, eh? Look at you. Yeah, here I is. All early in the morning and stuff. So, um... So what we got from uh, Brother Bill, that Ben from Billy Talent, what, what's his last name again? Kowalowitz. Kowalowitz, yeah, yeah. He's not going to make the scene today. Mm-hmm. Just got confirmation. I knew, I, I knew there was a reason someone had bailed to get the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the A interview with Humble and Fred. There had to be a reason. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it, guys. Dude, can so you re- he, yeah, go ahead, Freddie. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, so it's just interesting. He becomes, you know, that's a big, successful band, but he was actually your producer at one point. Yeah. Was that the deal? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I left The Edge in 2004, and I think Ben checked out about 2003. Uh, Dave Bookman, myself, we were doing live and hosting live in Toronto at the time. I was doing the afternoon program as well, and Ben would, would was first of all, he was a promo guy, and mm-hmm. I, I hope my mic sounds good, by the way. No, you sound great, um, man. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. So Ben was a what we call a promo guy. You guys know what that means. But essentially, he would sit down at our studios at 228 Young Street and grab us lunch when we needed lunch. And uh, and then he would produce live in Toronto, I mean, meaning he pressed all the buttons. And um, immediately afterwards, Ian DeSaw, who is the guitar player in, in Billy Talent, would pull up in his rust bucket of a vehicle and away they went to their band practice and then one day um he didn't come back anymore and that's because they had signed a record deal and the rest as they say is history good for them good story yeah Mm -hmm. well i'm I'm gonna say isn't it interesting you know around that time at the edge you know so many people came and went so many you know uh, broadcasters and musicians but I, i i don't know is there another story like that neil that somebody who we worked with or somebody was operating went off to become you know uh, uh, one of the stars actually a a star of the format of the station we were working at Um, wow that's a good question I I, off the top of my head the only other person I can think of was who went on to bigger and better things other than humble and Fred, of course, yeah. uh, was George Strombolopoulos. Yeah, I, was I know of you ran into Cal- in California there recently, Howard. Um, that's, that's about the biggest success story. Our late friend, Martin C streak. I don't know. I, I was going to save this story to tell, but I'll, I'll tell it now. Um, when I started at, at CFNY in the, in the late eighties, Martin was working for the video road show and, and it approached me and told me that he had been approached by MTV in the United States about potentially becoming a VJ. Um, they asked him for a demo. Apparently again, this is hearsay. Martin told me this, no one else ever brought it up. I never saw any proof, but he told me that he was offered this job when he was very young uh, to be a much more, or sorry, to be a, a, an MTV VJ. And he didn't go for it because, as we all know, Martin's, you know, end game was to work at CFNY. He really didn't want anything else but that. 
Again, can't Isn't that interesting? Or not. Yeah. yeah. By the way, guys, we're forgetting one person that became very famous that we all worked with. And, and he still works with us, the great Dan Duran. I mean, think oh. about think about think about Dan Duran's IMDb. How many big blockbuster movies he's been in? Whether it's a Marvel universe or some other thing, Dan Duran is probably outside of George and Billy Talent guy one of the most famous guys we've worked with. Mm-hmm. What what is your criteria for that, Howard? To go on outside of. Uh, you know what? I was just trying to think of somebody that would have maybe gone on to be a musician in a band like, well, you know, this Ben kid. That's that's pretty unique in the history of right. CFNY. Because I was saying, you know, um, you know, Jason Barr, uh, Jason, he's he's crafted a pretty nice long career. Um, yeah, oh, no, I'm not but talking about radio guys like there's no, lots of radio I, I people, you know, there's yes. tons, you yeah. know, tons of uh, people we worked mm-hmm. with went on to become, you know, had having Sandra Plagakis yes. long, long, mm-hmm. great careers yes. in radio. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this Ben, see what you're saying. Ben's uh, situation is very different. Well, now, let me ask you. So how soon after he left in your recollection, did that band become, you know, a pretty big Canadian band? Great question. So I left CFNY to come to Vancouver uh, to work for CFOX in 2004. And I went and saw Billy Talent the first time they played out here. I think they had the single was called Try Honesty. That was the single in 2004 that had just been released, I believe. Maybe my timeline's a little off here, but uh, we saw them at the Croatian Cultural Center, which was a place that was pretty good size, 500 kids mm-hmm. maybe. And within a couple of years, uh, Captain Phil Evans and myself were invited to the Pacific Coliseum to see Billy Talent play in front of 16,000 kids. And I just remember walking in there and thinking, this is all for these guys from Streetsville (laughs) who like literally used to just come by and pick up their singer for a rehearsal and, and, and all now all of this. And I just remember Ben was always and is always, and I'm sure continues to be a very, very humble, very, very humble kid. He, he's not a, he's not a, a guy who let ego control him or anything like that. And, and all of the guys in the band were like that, you know, you hear, you hear all these really great things about the tragically hip, which are hundred percent true as well. Just the nicest guys in the world and Billy talent. Those guys are exactly the same. they, they, you know, they, they, they caught that wave, man. And, and it took them to high, high places. And yeah, I mean, you know, they played the Air Canada Center. They played, uh, I don't even know what you guys call the amphitheater in Toronto now. What's what's called now? Uh, uh, Budweiser stage. Is okay, that what it is? The Budweiser yeah. stage. They, they've played there. I mean, the sky was the limit. And now you, you see some of the footage of them playing in like Germany in Austria, and they're wow. playing to 100,000 people. Billy, it's little Billy Talent. Hey, Neil, what, what would Billy Talent's biggest song be? Excuse my ignorance. I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their, their Spotify list. What would, I, what would be one song you go, oh, that's a Billy Talent super hit? Well, Try, Try Honesty was their first. That's from 2004. They had one a couple of years ago, and now you put me on a spot. I can't Sorry remember about the that. name of it, but it's, okay. it's a good tune as well. If you named me a couple, I'd probably be able to tell you. Well, same. Yeah, like when I was a program director in Peterborough, they were, <laughs> we, um, yeah, all their new stuff we put on the air. Cause, oh, yeah, yeah here we just go. One of those ba- they got to the position. As soon as you see their name, you have to listen to their stuff, and you have to put it, uh, you have to add it, because... Of their significance. 
Well, you know what you, uh, we're here in conversation with Neil Morrison, a.k.a. Brother Bill, for you Toronto CFNY fans. Uh, Brother Bill, the gig sky, guest of the day, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS and get away. Download the app and enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Visit GigSky.com for more information. You know, Freddie, myself, we both have uh, enjoyed access to this amazing technology. The hotspot takes you, gives you Wi-Fi wherever you go. It couldn't be simpler. It's the easiest, most affordable and convenient way to stay connected internationally. Once again, the promo code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit GigSky.com for more information. Neil, uh... You know, you're a music guy. You mentioned Tragically Hip, and then you mentioned Billy Talent playing in Europe to these huge crowds. Your perspective, why is a band like Billy Talent internationally famous and uh, attractive, and yet Tragically Hip wasn't? Why? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I the way I've always seen is, is there's a number of factors involved. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the number one factor is you got to have the songs. And we know uh, the hip definitely had the songs. Um, Billy Talent, uh, you know, we're uh, totally different avenues. They went down. Billy Talent, I just think I, I, they didn't write these, you know, songs that were about uh, Canadiana the way the Tragically Hip did. The Tragically Hip with all those subtle little uh, things or nuances or, or lyrical ch- chunks in their songs that you'd go, yeah, that's Canada, man. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's talking about, uh, you know, a certain place in Manitoba or or Ontario, Bob Cajun. Um, whereas Billy Talent kind of wrote they and they continue to write. Um, songs that don't don't generalize populations and right. parts of the world. So you take that and the fact that Billy's a or sorry Billy bad Benny Benny's a very attractive young man, um, which helped them as well. The age that they were at when they broke, they were in their early twenties. That helped. There was sort of that second wave of the pop punk thing going on. You know, the Green Days and the Offsprings were kind of gone their way down. And the likes of the Billy Talents were coming up. And so timing, that's the big one, right? Timing. And their timing was perfect. Mm -hmm. And when you get that, you get the success with it. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't don't get, and no disrespect to Billy Talent. uh, Ben Kowalowicz couldn't be here today if you're just joining us. Uh, (laughs) That's right. In his place. Here's Neil Morrison, a guy that once knew. That's so typical of us, though. We don't get the guy. We get the guy that the guy used to work with. I, this is why I agreed to do this because I'm honored to be the guy who could have been the guy who that's was so humble anyway. and Fred. <laughs> it really is. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Exactly. And it was my chance to see you guys again. Of oh, course, man, you're um, always welcome here. But you know, I I, I just think timing songs mm-hmm. and there's another number of factors um, where the audience is, what they're listening to. Man, you could go on all day. It's a marketing professional's uh, dream to kind of figure that out. I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, no, well put. And that, and that explains it. I mean, people in Germany, what is this, uh, Bob Cajun? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a bit. That, what is Bob Kedgen? Right. Yeah. And, because that's, 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 and by the way, I'm not disputing that. I believe that's how all German people speak. Anyway, Bob Kedgen, much as it. Yes, they, they um, yell. They're, they're angry people. Hey, Bill. Uh, Neil, I'm sorry. I, can't, I keep saying Bill, but it's Neil Morrison. Bill. That's fine. And, and I read that email from you the other day about how you had gone to Vancouver and brother... Um, What's his name? Brother, Jake. brother Jake. And you had been brother Bill and he sort of, you know, you be, you be, what was your, we, we just went back to your regular name, Neil Morrison on the air. Yeah. Um, so the, the story isn't uh, quickly brother Jake. The first day I got the job at Sea Fox rock one one was down the hall. Brother Jake is a legend in this business. We know. Um, and he was working the mornings there and he came down, you know, this most, uh, most upbeat guy who never drinks coffee. It's incredible. He comes down and he says, Oh, you're going to use your real name. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to use my real, I, I didn't even think about it because mm-hmm. frankly, I mean, I, anybody who knows me knows I, I never really liked the name Brother Bill, to tell really? you the truth. I just, what? Yeah, I was, you know what, Howard? What I didn't happened? know that. Well, this is what happened. Uh, I got the job. Reiner Schwartz said, we're going to put you on the midnight show. This, this, it was a Sunday night sometime. I was, he, he just offered to put me on. I said, okay, great. And I always thought because of humble Howard, because of deadly Headley, because of the live roll jive, I wanted to come up with an alias. I didn't. I, I always thought it was kind of cool to have an alias name, like yeah. a name attached to your name, it, or yeah, you just sure. change your name outright. And so, five seconds I, it took to come up with Brother Bill, and I had to use that name for sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> why Bill, not brother? Why not brother Neil? Like yeah. why Bill? Where'd that come from? Okay, so the Bill came from Billy Idol because my hair—I don't know if you guys remember at the time—was sure. a little weird and standing up in all directions, and people used to joke around, say, "Hey, it's Billy Idol, woo!" and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, brother came from these girls called the Bouffants. Uh, hi to my friend Christine, if she's listening. I still talk to her. She's not. Uh, I'm sure they she's were not. This, she's not. Yeah, she's oh, she not listening. <laughs> anyway, so if she has any taste. Were, well, I think she does. That's why she should be listening. But anyway, uh, they they were they used to call me their brother all the time. Uh, oh. They were a couple years younger than me. I went to high school with them. So I took the combination of the two, and that's where I got the name. Later on, I dropped Bill because I didn't like using a fake name. So I just called myself brother for so many years there on the edge. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to say I, I can relate because, uh, you know, back in 1978, when I was dubbed Humble Howard for the first time, I didn't realize I'd still be Humble Howard, a man in his 60s walking around. <laughs> did, you, did you come up with that name? I didn't actually. Um, How did that happen then, Howard? Can I ask you that? Yeah, just briefly, I was pretty young. I was working in a radio station. I was 17 years old. And the program director at the time, a guy named Don West, who I'm sure has passed away, but he was in his early 30s. And to a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old, a guy in his 30s, my very first boss, seemed intimidating to me. And so for some reason, whenever he was around, I, I felt a bit, you know, again, intimidated by the fact that he was the guy that hired me. And so he used to, he used to call me Humble Howard around the office. Office because there was a famous disc jockey in Los Angeles named Humble Harve. But I, I was still Howard Glassman on the air. And then one evening, I filled in for the 8 to midnight guy, and I followed this guy who was our afternoon drive jock. And he said, okay, that's all for me. Stand by. Humble Howard Glassman is coming up next. And then he turned his mic off, and he said, you know what? You could do a lot worse than uh, 
than than using that. And I was like, I, I don't want to. I didn't really, it didn't vibe with me. Mm-hmm. But what happened was very quickly, other people started referring to me as Humble Howard on the air. And it became kind of a thing. And eventually I just kind of fell into it. But it was not something I had planned to do for the next 40 you know, plus years. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. amazing how it sticks with you. Freddie, how come you just use your real name? Well, it's funny, you know, I've, a lot of people over the years called me Freddie P. I never, ever uttered those words. It's just, uh, I just became, a lot of people referred to me that way. In fact, if you do the Wikipedia thing, it's a, the whole Freddie P thing. And I never, ever called myself that. But that was the only variance I had of my name. Because, I don't know, it's just I, the way it, un, the uh, just the way it unfolded, brother. Uh, I just figured you couldn't get the licensing on Mr. Goohead, so you had to stick with Freddie P. Um, speaking yeah. of the Vancouver market, it's interesting to me, too, that you worked at Seafox. I worked this the first morning show I ever did was at Seafox in Vancouver, and it was I was 20. I think I might have just been 21, and it was wow. weird. I, I was so young, it was ridiculous. Wow. But, yeah. but that name always seemed to sort of people caught on to it because it was something different and the name Hubble Howard yeah and yet and yet a couple of times when I came back to radio in Montreal working with Jeff Lumby I was Howard Glassman it was Jeff and Howard in the breakfast club I I was I wasn't Humble Howard that's the only time in my career that I didn't use that and that was about like a 20 month gap of uh, being Humble Howard well, that's, and I don't know the answer to this question. And look, you and I have had a 30-year association. Why, when you came to CFNY to work with me, did it become humble again? I, I, I don't even know the answer to that question. Because the guy that put us together, our yeah. good friend, my, my good friend Danny Kingsbury, only knew me from being humble Howard for the years before I'd met you. And he thought, you know, obviously, if I'm going to come back, to, if I'm going to come to Toronto, <laughs> then and it just sounded better because Howard and Fred could have that could have been the name of the show or could we could have called it, you know, in, the, in those days, Bill, um, uh, Neil, in those days, there was a lot of like breakfast shows, like shows had like the, the breakfast club and things like that. And I think he just thought humble and Fred would sound good mm-hmm. together. And he was right. And, it, and it, yeah, he was right. Absolutely. Qu- uh, Howard, quickly, I wanted to say that a little fun fact for you. So you worked at Fox in Vancouver, very short period of time, I know. I worked yep. there for 10 years. There was another person that has been on the Humble and Fred program on a, on a more regular basis, not so much anymore, but back in the day was on the podcast, uh, who also worked at Fox for a period of time. Do you know who I'm talking about? Kelly Catrera? Boom. Yes, Kelly Catrera. Kelly Dean, she was known as. Really? At Fox. Yeah. Not long, but uh, she was she was out here. Not when I worked here, or worked there, excuse me, because I don't work there anymore either, as we know. Uh, but yeah, Kelly was there too. And I don't, I can't think of anybody else who's been on your program or that we know that's worked at Seafox. That was a Seafox person. Yeah, I I don't... Uh, uh... Yeah, I, I just took a guess because I thought she'd... Oh, you know, here's the weird thing, too, because when I was out in Vancouver, I worked at CKLG or LG73, and then I worked at Fox. I worked with uh, both Steve Woodman, Jesse of Jesse and Gene. Oh, okay. And I worked with his sister, Rita Woodman, both separately and together. And then when I got to Calgary, Steve Woodman had been doing mornings at one of the AM stations there. But he, when I worked in Vancouver, I think he, I was doing mornings and he was doing 
like an evening shift at one of the stations? It really shows you how small our business was. Uh, The the terrestrial radio world, there were literally, you know, maybe 150 jobs for the entire country at one point, you know, know, for for first radio stations. I mean, I'm not really counting all the really tiny little mom and pa shops across country, which don't really exist anymore. But as far as like the market went, as far as the major markets, I know what you're saying. There's like a a small group of people, whether it was us or guys like brother Jake, Jesse and Jean. You know, I worked with Marilyn Dennis in Calgary. She was uh, uh, at a radio station in competition with me. And it's fascinating. But what's even more fascinating is, and, and I, I'm not here to to pump any tires yes. here, gentlemen. But I mean, this has been. You know, you've talked about it in many times. In between the, the commenting on the size of Dan's hammer. We talk about we, we talk about the success of there. You talk about the success of this business as a podcast, and it's been reiterated time and time again. And I just want to throw it in there too. I mean, what what a run this has been for you guys. And and as a guy who's sitting on the other end of the the country, it's sort of my um, my ability to catch up as to what's going on in Toronto, thanks to you guys. And you guys are my my place to go. You know, for my entertainment, for a lot of my news, for what people are talking about, what's happening in the East. And it's important to people out here who are listening to you guys who are maybe originally from back there. Because, as you know, I don't get out there that often. Right. Well, that's very nice, Bill. And we're glad that uh, you listen. And I know we often hear from you and we like it because you were one of the... Well, listen, so many people that worked at CFNY through all those years are just great people. And we all, like, built this relationship. Like, look at still, like, I, I do... We never let go of you, and there's just so many people like that. May Potts, that we were yeah. more than co-workers, and I know a lot of people can say that about a lot of stations, but just from our own personal experience. Well, I, I, I a, think, yeah, sorry, Fred. I think that it, it, that one thing we, we, well, we all agree to as well is the relationship that we all have from that era mm-hmm. of CFNY is yeah. different, I think, than than a, than no, normal radio stations. For mm-hmm. instance, I did ten years at Seafox. You know how many of those guys I talked to? One. Mm-hmm. I talked to one of them maybe yeah. once a year. Say yes. how they're doing. But there's no. You know, I don't have numbers. I don't have follow them on Facebook. Not well, maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my point is. Mm-hmm. Is that it was a, it was there was a time there uh, a time when when hum, when Hummel and Fred got together when we had you know May Potts doing middays and Alan doing afternoons and me doing evenings and and whoever Pete Fowler and Marty and, and George and, and Kim Hughes George and all those people and Danny Elwell and we're 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 more than just a bunch of people that worked at a radio station. That's the way I look at it. I look right. at it as more of you know, yeah. they're getting too sappy about it, like a family. No, yeah. I, I, I often yeah. say that. You know, one thing you said too earlier, and Howard said this to me a few times over the years, because sometimes you lose sort of focus on what you're doing and what you have and what you could lose. And I remember you saying that, Howard. You know, there's only there's only so many of these jobs in the country, and mm-hmm. we have one. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. think about that. And that's such a great point for people in the industry. And again, I can't speak to it now because it's changed so much. But there was a time where, you know, you know, Fred Patterson from Scarborough, who loves sports. I had one of those sports, one of the very few sports casting jobs in the country when you when you did the head count. And then when Howard came, you know, and he said that to me, he said, you know, there's only so many morning men, especially like in major significant markets. There's just a handful of us and, and we're one of them. And, uh, 
that really gave me perspective over the years. It did. Well, I love this conversation. Can we go back to the part where Bill talks about how great we are? Can we, that's, those, are my, those are my favorites. No, All I, the listen, time, man, uh, dude, like I, uh, I, I concur. And I agree. It's interesting because I, I have been lucky enough to work at three or four of the biggest stations in the country, the edge being one of them. You know, I did mornings in Montreal, I did mornings in Vancouver, Calgary as well. And I can tell you, I am, again, I've obviously spent most of my time now in Eastern Canada, but I don't keep in touch with those people the same way that we keep in touch that, I, you know, you run into a George Strombolopoulos and there's a, yeah. uh, there's something about that radio station, mm-hmm. even though when I first got there, I didn't get it. I mean, I ended up being part of the history of it, but I didn't really understand the history of it when I got there. And as I've said to Freddie on a number of occasions, I have an appreciation for that radio station now or in the in the past few years that I don't know that I have the day I walked in that door. But I can tell you, having been a morning guy at Seafox, a pretty legendary radio station, none of those people and I keep in touch. You know, Dave Pratt, you know, who was the last guy that I worked with on a morning show there, I haven't spoken to him in years. Mm-hmm. You know, Kerry Marshall and I used to keep in touch, you know, before he died. And now it's just through mediums. But other than that, I can tell you that... Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of, you know, you know, Dan Duran and I work together at a station in Calgary. That's the only guy from that station in Calgary that I keep in touch with. You know, one theory I have, and again, there are exceptions, obviously, because you never lived in Brampton, Howard. But in the 80s, you know, nobody there made a lot of money. So everybody lived in Brampton. So our social life wasn't like people that worked in the Toronto stations were hanging around downtown all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of our social life, right, Bill, was in Brampton playing baseball going to the local bars and I think that created a lot of like a cohesiveness that was pretty unique at the time oh Poor Bill's guys. getting a call he's getting a call from someone like hey Bill could you get is there somebody some- from Georgia just called me I wonder what they they probably want me to uh, send money or they got my sure. taxes or something hey Who Bill knows? before anyway, you uh, listen before we let you go we got to talk uh, Freddie don't here's a by the way if you're wondering uh, Neil Morrison's with us because he wants to work with the guy from Billy Talent. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the uh, that's our connection this morning. In the meantime, Freddie, let's talk about these fine folks. Well, last night, the Toronto Maple Leafs embarrassed themselves again, this time in, uh, you know, in Montreal. It was pathetic. They were down 5 nothing. eventually lose 5-2 tonight. Uh, they're right back at it. They're a puck-and-a-half favorite over the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus. Uh, the Blue Jackets pay $185 uh, to win. The over-under is 6.5. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Go to Bodog, and yeah, you can wager on all uh, the big four sports here in North America, obviously, and the world uh, in general. Soccer, everything. It's all there. Take the time. Go to Bodog. Uh, Bodog. Yes. Dan uh, Duran is... Big experience since 1994. Sorry about that. Dan Duran just texted me. He's got the news coming up here in a second. We're going to talk about uh, all kinds of uh, wiener stories. But Dan just texted me, Neil, and said, hey, uh, he reminded me that he worked at Fox for oh. a few months before uh, he came out here to Toronto to produce the show. 
Dan and I had been friends for a long time. We'd worked together in Moose Jaw and in Calgary. But I'd forgot because he came back from the States. He was working at a radio station in San Francisco. When I lived in L.A., he was in uh, the Bay Area. And he came back to Canada and got a job. I, I'm not sure if he, he'll tell us when he gets here, but I'm not sure if he was on the air or producing. Um, but he also worked in that building. Now, the building I worked at, I'm not sure if you did, because when I worked at Seafox, it was on, I want to say Richards. Richards, which was a sort of a skeezy area at the time. <laughs> I'm not sure how it's what it's turned into. So, yeah, the original the original Seafox was sort of like uh, CFNY in Brampton on 83 Kennedy Road South. It was kind of a like a middle middle of industrial kind of yeah. kind of neighborhood in Yale Town now, which is really nice. Uh, it moved to the big black tower or as many people call it out here. The Death Star, uh, <laughs> the, the black TD tower, the 20th and 21st floor was the Seafox I worked at. And where's that in downtown? Uh, it's yeah, it's right downtown at uh, West uh, West Georgia and Granville, which is right, the heart right. of the city. Yeah, yeah, it's right in the heart. Yeah, because I'll tell you, for a kid from Moose Jaw, it was pretty scary for me. I'd only ever lived in this small prairie town. I moved to Vancouver, and I'm I'm living in like 48th and call you know I'm way yeah. out way out of the city, and I'm working in the heart of downtown in a kind of a skeezy area and. A, I, I don't know. I'd be doing the all night show and it was just all sort of weird for me. And I never saw that building you worked in. So I saw the building you worked in. I know exactly what you're talking about. There used to be a window in the control room, mm-hmm. I believe it was, where you could look out and you'd see the prostitutes' legs as they walked by. <laughs> That's right. I mean, that was that oh, was yeah. literally it, right? So that was, you know, Howard, the, your memories of Fox. Uh, that Sea Fox are my memories of 83 Kennedy Road South. Yeah. I mean, very similar kind of older, not the greatest, <laughs> not studio, the greatest not studio the greatest area. But, you know, there was just something about the station that was that was very, very, mm-hmm. you know, very cool and very popular with the cool kids. as they Yeah, say. for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I came off the air one night, Fred. I'd been there for a couple months. And, you know, I come from Moose We never locked our cars, never locked our doors, never locked my car. And this is a true story. I get off the air and I used to get high with Doc Harris, who was the morning guy of the AM station that I worked at because he used to get stoned before he'd go on the air. And I'd be like, this is great. So I'm high as a monkey and I go to get in my car and I hadn't locked the door. And so I, I go to I'm adjusting the rearview mirror and this guy sits up and he's like been sleeping. <laughs> this homeless dude has been sleeping in the back of my car I was, sh- I was just about shit myself mm-hmm. but I ended up being buddies with him and uh, <laughs> um, Howard how much how much more time do we have here because I just want to run it by Bill that guy we talked about last week what was his name uh, uh, Kid Carson Kid, the Kid Carson yes. how did that out here it's like nobody really knows who he is so how did that play out there I mean what a what a hill to die on yeah Bill answer Fred's question while the old guy has a pee I'll be right back yeah sure no problem uh yeah let's set it up first he went on the air and more or less ended his radio career by claiming that vaccines were programming children or something anyway he has a couple of kids and I guess he felt that uh yeah that was happening I I mean I, I my line is your line, Freddie. Um, so I'm working in a different sector now. I'm working for the BCL, which is the BC Liquor Board, mm-hmm. um, selling alcohol, and and we deal with 
various individuals of all mental states and all um, opinions. And um, it's always the thing I've told them, you know, the ones, the, the anti-vaxxers, the anti-maskers, you know, who don't believe this, their freedoms are being mm-hmm. uh, acknowledged and uh, they don't have to follow the rules of everybody else. And I just say to them what you just said, this is not the hill you want to die on. This is mm-hmm. not it. This is not mm-hmm. where you want your life to change forever. Mm-hmm. When 20 years from now, you're going to look at this and go, Jesus Christ, all I had to do is put a friggin' needle in my arm. And I complained about it yeah. um, with with kid. Kid was was a very popular personality, radio personality in Vancouver, uh, maybe 10 years ago, bidding war, blah, blah, blah. He ended up making mm-hmm. a significant amount of money and was a big name, was a big mm-hmm. deal. Didn't quite live up to that and got let go from that job and then got this job at a, at a I want to say. It's a, yeah, like a, a CHR station. So that always kind of made me laugh when Kid, uh, Kid Carson did that break, who I'm sure many people have heard because he played it here, you right. know, where he basically says, it goes off on this diatribe about, yeah. you know, like you, what you mentioned and the truckers. And, and, you know, first of all, here's a guy on a CHR station. Right. It, Talking about heavy shit like this one, really, let's be honest, that kind of stuff, they want to talk about bubble gum and fluff. That's what's what people want. They don't want heavy shit. And so anyway, kid did that. And like you had mentioned, I mean, we we know the fallout. He's gone. He's going to try his subscription service, which you've commented on before and how difficult that can be. Yeah, it's really Um, hard. But when it comes down to it, Fred, like you say, it's not the hill you want to die yeah. on and to throw away a pretty damn decent career being paid pretty damn. Well, that's what money. I wanted to ask, Neil. What, what kind of like I have an idea of what, you know, Toronto money is and what the really big, you know, the Derringers and the Maryland dentists are making. It's over a million dollars. Would he be in that category? Because there was a bidding war, I was talking to Fred when you were in the bathroom. How yeah, I can't make it through a, bit- a show anymore without having a leak, so that's where I'm at. Sorry, sorry, world. Maybe, maybe Fred's got an extra colostomy bag for you. you can buy. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a colostomy bag. It was sorry. a it was piss a, bag. It was a piss oh, bag. Sorry. Was, okay, piss Bill, bag. Colostomy. I mean, Neil, bag, get your you bags. Get your bag straight. It wasn't a colostomy. Okay. It was a piss bag. Anyway, I'll work on my bag. No. So anyway, so what kind of money was he making? Mm. So he was in a bidding war about five, six, maybe eight years ago where uh, they were fighting between Toronto and Vancouver where to keep Kid Carson. And so he ended up, from what I understand, uh, with a salary in and around 800 to a million dollars. And he threw that away. Well, well, hold on. And then he lost that job. Things didn't work out quite well. Rumors surrounding him that nobody can work with him, blah, blah, blah. But that's all hearsay. I've never worked with him. I know him, but anyway yeah, okay. uh, so then okay so then he he left and then he came back to this job at z95 which is a chr station as mentioned mid-pack not one of the top ones probably in the middle but he had a pretty good show running there for a while for a couple of years so he was probably making half of that so i'd say he was three four five hundred thousand maybe so that's i mean for a guy like me who never did mornings that's significant money yeah well, i and, say yeah and the <laughs> And the thing is, it, it's it, it wasn't just having a, a you know thoughts or a position on the vaccines. It was like the weirdo stuff that he come out with that I just could not understand. I mean that that could have been left unsaid. <laughs> and, and, especially, and, and, and to your point and our point about is that really where you know is that the hill you want to end your career on? Because that's a lot of money to throw away and. 
you know, it, it's not the kind of thing that you know, these radio companies are nervous enough. They're not going to be hiring him anytime soon. And, and also, I'd finish by saying, if he thinks he's going to replicate that income at a subs- on a subscription-based podcast, all the power to him if he can't. Like, if he's got that kind of juice out there, good for him. But it's really, as we both know, Fred, it's a tough way to, to go. And, and you need a lot of subscriptions to replicate a $400,000 income. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we have extended a, an invitation for him uh, to appear on the show, but I don't think Boone's even heard back from him yet. So I, I was talking to your your producer, Mr. Boone. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, of the course. Very talented producer, as he's told me I had to say. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, and I mentioned another guy who I think you guys would know, and that's a guy named Freeway Frank in Montreal. Yeah, of course we learned. We know oh, Freeway. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, worked yeah, with yeah. him at the mix. Mm -hmm. So Freeway is no longer on terrestrial radio either and has a new podcast. It's called The Drive-By. Okay. And Freeway was one of these guys that went to the Freedom Rallies in Ottawa. And I suggested to Mike that you guys speak with him. Not because he... I want you to maybe speak to him because I think you'd be interested in the, in the, the reason he went. It's not the standard uh we want our freedoms down it is but it isn't anyway my point is i I think freeway would be great for you guys to talk to uh about that side of things from his perspective because i think he would give you an honest answer and i think he would give you an answer that you could at least maybe respect a little okay listen neil it was an on it was a we we've enjoyed our conversation with you uh, Neil Morrison uh, hanging in with this morning uh, because one time he worked with the guy from Billy Talent. That's enough for us. That's kind of that's the kind of star power we're looking for. Uh, hey, listen, and great catching up with you again in person. Always uh, lovely to talk to you. And by the way, your voice sounds great. Just Thanks, really man. good. I appreciate it. You quit no, you, smoking and you take care of yourself a little bit better and look what happens. No, you sound fantastic. Uh, and there Thanks, you go. Pal. There's Neil Morrison, everybody. See you, pal. Brother Bye, Bill guys. from the old Edge days. And what a pleasure. And now we'll quickly switch gears. The uh, chief information officer of Canacabana is a dear friend of this program, Andy Palalis. I say to you, good sir, hello. Oh, Howard. How are we doing? No, man. Fred? California. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, I'm hanging out in California. Wow, you're marinating in those uh, summer waves. I like that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet stuff here, my friend. Canna Cabana, 100 uh, or more locations across the country. Are you back in Canada? I am. I am. 110. Yeah, we just opened up our 110th location. So uh, wow. chances are good. If you're looking for weed somewhere in and around your current location, Canadian listener, yeah. there's a can of cabana near you. Pretty soon you're going to be able to have a sign up front that says billions served. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they can always say billions smoked. <laughs> Billions smoked, billions stoned. Yeah, I mean, uh, boy, it's 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 true. You know, we also are very near to hitting uh, another milestone, which is near near and dear to my heart, which is four hundred and twenty thousand Cabana Club members. We're just on the cusp of that, Uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's a big milestone for us. Mm-hmm. What now? When and this started all in Calgary on a, a long time ago, and pretty humble beginnings as kind of a head shop or whatever. Do you have any sense? Because it's one of the. I, I'm going to say if the biggest, if not the biggest, 
chain of cannabis stores across the country where is it all going i mean, what what's the, the final destination how many stores could you think could we support that's a great question um you know i, I don't have a good answer for you howard i think things are going to change a lot over the next two years um you know today independents um or sorry i should say chain retailers are about 20 percent of the market i think that that's that's likely to increase and, and canicaban is going to be uh in even more neighborhoods which we're excited about i mean the end destination for us is more satisfied happy customers with the best weed at the best price <laughs> so i mean that's what i'm focused on but um you know by the end of this year i think we'll probably be nearing 100 150 locations we actually just launched our delivery service how are you gonna like this one yes Uh, talk to me 120 minutes or less we'll have you your weed how good is that what right I'm excited That's about fantastic. it. No, no, I, I, I love that. I mean, you know, because I, you know, when I'm in the east end of the city at Rachel's, I can walk to a can of Cabana. But mm-hmm. if I want a can of Cabana, um, I can just d- d- text you guys. <laughs> well, we're, we'll, let me work on the texting piece, but you, you can certainly go to our Andy. website. Yeah, I can you just can text you personally. And, uh, and the nice part is, is it comes within a 120 minute window, but you can actually schedule that window for later. So, you know, if you're at the office, Howard, or you're out there, I don't know, doing what Howard does on sure. his uh, day to day, and you want to deliver, you know, 5, 6 p.m., something like that. Hey, 120 minutes from that point in time when you get home. Isn't that something? Don't have to get off, you don't have to get off the couch, Howard. That's it. Eat your spits and wait for your, uh, your I moved. I moved on to pistachios down here. Um, yeah, dude, like that's that's interesting that that you guys have gone in that direction because, you know, in terms of expanding physical space, there is a there's going to be a point where you, you know, there's that will sort of sort of start to abate. But the delivery idea that is that is that also unique to Canna Cabana? I mean, I've never heard that. You know, you know, certainly many retailers have a delivery platform that happens to be ours, you know, 120 minute uh, delivery on demand, um, which we think is really exciting, you know. uh, And and so you're right, Howard, there certainly will come a time and and, and certainly in many in many areas of the country, many nooks and crannies of Canada. We've already reached a point where there's, um, you know, maybe one too many cannabis stores on a block. Right. You know, we, we've seen that conversation develop. Um, but, you know, when that happens, what ends up happening is that customers will vote for the experience they like the best. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. that's just what, you know, any mm-hmm. any any retail, any market does for itself. So, you know, for us, we're laser focused on creating the best possible experience for our customers. Best weed at the best price. Huge selection of accessories and craft cannabis that you just can't get for that price anywhere else. So, you know, so far, our customers are uh, are very excited about our concept. And, you know, we're nearing that 420,000th club members. So I think it's a strong endorsement for how many people are excited about what we're bringing, uh, what we're bringing. Well, I can tell you from having been, you know, in the weed business myself, uh, I can tell you that... Your the experience inside the store is what will win out for Canna Cabana because I Thank I've been you. down to some I've been into some dispensaries here, some locals, some sort of big time retailers, and the Canna Cabana retail experience. Now that you've got delivery, that's great. But if you're going inside a dispensary, what you want is people that know what they're talking about, that aren't rushed. You know, what I love about your place is I never feel rushed, even though, you know, I walk in there like, hey, great, Grandpa, you know, Grandpa's here. (laughs) 
I just love the we fact respect, that we respect our elders. <laughs> That's right. I walk in and they go, hey, this man's been smoking dope longer than we've been alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're also there's a seniors discount. <laughs> That's right. I, well, the, the discount at Canacabana is already built into the prices. But I was to say it. this, Andy, that if anyone listening has not been in one and you and I have still got to do our little video vignette when you and I go for a little Canacabana tour. But as a guy that goes into dispensaries, I'm fascinated by them. And yours is one of those great experiences where you just feel comfortable and unrushed. And the fact that your staff is so knowledgeable, you know, I took that picture of me in the store one day and those guys were just so great with me and they explained everything. And so if that's the retail experience you're looking for, I can tell you from being inside the buildings, it really is unparalleled. And it's really what makes you guys, what it's what makes um, the can of cabana experience different than some dispensaries I've been in. Oh, that's so nice of you. There you go. So, well, so, such so a nice man. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're, you're in California. You're enjoying your uh, your dis- California dispensary situation. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but tell me. So you know, it, it's been it's been quite quite a little bit of time here that you've been visiting Canacabana locations. Is there anything in particular? Anything in particular that you've really enjoyed, Howard? Any 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 one interaction you wanted to share with me? Because uh, I got to tell you, I, I'm so so flattered by your feedback. Well, I mean, the 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 last time I was in and I got the uh, the white lightning. Um, <laughs> I thought they, I think they were impressed that I knew of it. They were like, Oh, cool. Grandpa, grandpa, weed smoker. But I, I, I I'll just tell you that all, all my experiences at Canicabana have been good ones. And, and D Palalis, your, the experience of having you on the show has been awesome. Uh, before we finish today, is there anything you want to tell us? Is there any one product that we should be looking for, whether we're you're using Canicabana delivery or we're going in the store? That's a great question. A couple things I'd love to hammer off for you here, Howard, because I think folks will get a kick out of it. First and foremost, all that pricing is enabled by being a Cabana Club member. And you know what? Being a Cabana Club member is free. And even better, we have an absolutely bananas giveaway. I want to repeat that. Bananas giveaway coming up for Cabana Club members. It's a very, very big deal. We're celebrating our 420,000th member, and we're very excited, so we're maybe going a little bit over the top, but you definitely want to be a Cabana Club member to participate in this, because if you're one, you're you're entered to win. So and definitely do that. How do we sign up to be a Cana Cabana Club member? Smart guy? In-store or canacabana.com. You can sign up in-store or online, um, wherever you please. And then on the last little bit here, we've got some really fun stuff. And Howard, I want I want you to come check it out, man, because I think you're going to get a kick out of our plans for 420. Um, we've got we got a fun little thing. I'm going to just spoil the words for it. It's the Save a Fortune event, which is going to be, I mean, just a gas. We're, we're so excited about it. So come on down to Canacabana now in 420. Um, there's, just, there's just so much going on. Okay, well, maybe you and I can catch up uh, off the show here and figure out maybe we can do something cool for that day with Canna Cabana and the Humble and Fred Show. Andy P., thanks, my friend. Thanks, Andy. Take care, guys. Always a pleasure. Andy Palalis, Chief Information Officer of Canna Cabana. And do what he said there. Just sign up for the club at the very least from this conversation. Go and check it out, CannaCabana.com, because the prices, we're not talking about crappy weed. We're talking about the best weed at the most affordable prices you'll find across the country. Fred, is there somebody else? Uh, is there anyone else we missed today? Or our buddy Tim Nibble at the oh, retirement Sherpa. Uh, Sherpa. Uh, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection uh, Fund, and 
Uh, you know, Tim sent me a nice little message last week to see how I was doing, whether I was enjoying my time in Florida. Was I on the golf course? How was I doing? He's such a lovely man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can experience that as well. If you have a portfolio that you want somebody to have a second look at, Tim's your guy. You want to start one from scratch? Tim's your guy. He works both sides of the border. Oh, yes, he does. He's that He's that well-rounded, uh, Tim Niblett. <laughs> He's yes, the retirement is. Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a nice note from him because he's uh, coming back to Canada. By the way, the uh, buy one, get one free sale continues at healthgage.com. The uh, HealthGage Phoenix, that's what I'm wearing. It's not that expensive. Like, we've been giving people 15% off now for almost a year, and lots of people have bought the watch. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, do you remember eating that? <laughs> oh, God, I'm only laughing because I don't think people understand. Every week, at the end of the week, we send all the uh, all these commercials, these live reads we do. We send them to the clients, and sometimes I forget in the middle of it, like, you know, I'll stumble or you'll make a mistake, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to send that to, uh, to healthgage.com. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> All you got to know is right now, you know what the watch does. Heart rate, pulse wave, calories burned, etc. You know what it does, but now's the time to buy one and get one free. Go to healthgage.com. All right. Oh, Dan Duran is here. Oh. Dan Duran. Dandoran, Dandoran. Now, I didn't remember that you'd worked at Fox just before you came out and worked with uh, us at CFNY. Yeah, it wasn't very long. What were you doing there? Uh, I did Weekend Swing. So You're on the air, that's right. Yeah. Dandoran. Yep. Dandoran the disc jockey. It was fun. I remember those days. Yeah. Did you ever? It was meet, very rainy. Did you ever meet girls over the phone? It's like you know, and go visit them and stuff, like mm-hmm. some junkies did. Not really, no. Okay, just wondering. You didn't, uh, you know, what they called that in the, in the old days. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> what? what was? Do you remember what, what the term was? No, trolling the hit line. Oh right, yeah, you just told me that before. <laughs> That's oh right. yeah, and um, <laughs> the back we were talking about. I don't know if do you you must have did you ever work with that guy that gave me the name Don West? Oh yeah, Don West, yeah for sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so Don West was uh, the afternoon guy. The evening, had a great voice, great voice, and um, but he had a bit of a run in apparently. Now I don't have all the details, but he was one of those people that you know later on in Radio Land when you know trolling the hit line was no longer you know. Something you do. Something you do. He was uh, apparently, the story goes, and again, I, I just heard this over the years, that he or someone like him was trolling the hit line and was trying to convince a young lady to get together later, and then and she turned out to be the daughter of one of the biggest clients <laughs> at, the, uh, at the radio station, and that did not go over well. Again, no. allegedly, I don't know all mm-hmm. the details. I'm just saying... These type of things happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No good. 
No good, friends. Yeah, I used to work. I used to work with a guy uh, back in the early days of uh, 102 that uh, used to have uh, good luck with the phone lines and. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone I know and relationships. Oh yes, but I'm not going to say his name. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um, Dan Duran. Yes, Howard. Are you in a position to uh, favor us with your news broadcast? Oh yes, I'm quite ready to go. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as has for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lakeside and broadcast to the world. It's Humble and Fred News, and now Anchorman Dan Duran. It's two 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 two. Numerologists say this date two 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 is about connections and coming together. Which is how Putin feels and is connecting and bringing Russia and the Ukraine together. (laughs) (laughs) And while that attention-seeking Risky Rusky is risking war uh, and getting all the devotion he craves, attention-grabber Trump launched Truth Social last week, which truthfully is having all kinds of trouble launching. Apparently it's hard to download the actual app. Uh, and uh, his Twitter modeled social media platform. Uh, well, when you write a lie, it's called a truth. Like a tweet, you know, on Twitter, it's a truth. I'm sorry. It's uh, you, so you don't tweet, you truth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> Seems clunky. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. And ironic. And apparently, it was available on the apple store this weekend and you couldn't get it because the demand was so high for this app yeah just uh sickening but yeah that's our reality that's our guy mm-hmm. go ahead anyway Dan. if you're a golfer if you're a golfer i don't know if any of you guys are doing the golfing mm-hmm. uh washington post has, uh, has revealed the talks between uh trump uh, and his golf courses and a controversial up-and-coming Saudi-backed golf league, which yes. I didn't know anything about till now. Yeah. And sources are familiar, say that uh, the deal between LIV Golf Investments, funded by Saudis and the Trump Organization, have named courses, which you'd expect, Bedminster, New Jersey, and Doral, Florida, as sites for the tour. I guess Mickelson is even talking about being recruited to this thing but there's more to it than that yeah, there's really a, it's a huge story <clears throat> i was trying to bring it up last week <clears throat> excuse me and um it, it's very complicated but basically phil mickelson and a few others had been talking about going to this new saudi-backed professional tour uh headed by greg norman and uh the support for it has just crumbled in the last few days. But I'm not surprised that Donald Trump is trying to make a deal with them because there's so much money behind this organization, like billions of dollars. So, Did you hear Rory McIlroy oh, yeah. unlo- unload on Phil? Oh, yeah. It's true. You know, on the, the, the show I heard it on, they were saying never before have they heard one athlete go after another athlete 
like that. And I'd never heard anything like that. And he's not the only one, by the way. I mean, I can give yeah. you five or six different high profile. He's the highest, but high profile guys within the world of golf that you may not know of, like Justin Thomas and John right. Rahm. And, well, but, I, know. I know, but I'm just saying not as common to the average but person, but they've all unloaded on Phil. Phil's legacy basically is done now. He might be but, done in professional golf. But the words naive, yeah. selfish, yeah. Um, on and on. And it was like, wow. Was yeah. that all related to this? Yes. Other? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Because what I read is that he's he was considering and putting it out there more because he wanted to ta- change the uh, the PGA. Yeah, he was, which, it, which I don't really understand either. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, again, it's it's pretty complicated. Other than just, I'll just say this: Phil Mickelson, I've always not liked him. I've always thought he was fake. I've always thought he was phony. And I, and he was sort of Tiger's rival. And he was always the jocular thumbs up. He was a lefty. He was a lefty. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he was going... He the What happened was a, a book came out, or he was quoted in a, a book excerpt this weekend saying that he really wasn't trying to back the Saudi golf league. He was doing it to gain leverage over the PGA Tour. Whatever it is, it doesn't look good on him. He was going to be considered to be a Ryder Cup captain. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, he's got sponsorship in the U.S. And I'm going to tell you, it's not looking good on the guy. Well, it was very disingenuous what he said. I mean, yeah. the rest of them saw through it. They thought, Phil, what are you talking what are you about? Doing? That's not why you're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. But the money... So- the money they're talking about is the this Saudi backed golf league is just is is backed by billions and billions of dollars. So are they trying to make it so uh, rich for yes. pro golfers to move over there? That yes, they, they're trying to make it so rich that, but none of them are going to do it. As most of them have come out this past weekend and said, you know, including Tiger, the tour I support is the tour that you know is is the PGA Tour. And, and the PGA Tour, by the way, also has an interest in the European Tour. So it's going to be very difficult for Phil to come back and play on the PGA Tour now. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So more on swing thoughts? Yes. Yeah, at some point, I'm sure. One more depth. Do you want to talk about the frozen wieners, or are we going to get yeah, to that? Yeah, sure. I'm ready to go with the wiener story. Stand by, please. Stand by for okay, Dan Duran, uh, for his, Breaking uh, News. Official music, yeah. Okay. Breaking news now with a frozen wiener update. Here's Dan Duran. Apparently everyone here has frozen their penis, except me, because I protect my parts. Anyway, the most recent <laughs> pee freeze. What, what do you mean you protect your? What do you've got like an oven mitt you wear down there? What do you use? Well, I make sure things don't get too uh, chill. Okay, it's so large. Yes, central heating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why don't you tell the story of the cross part of my core? <laughs> the cross country skier who froze his weenie. Right. He, uh, he did this at the Olympics uh, day before yesterday. Cross-country skiing Finnish Olympian Remy Lindholm. He spent uh, just under an hour and 16 minutes traversing a course in howling, freezing winds. And this led to his penis becoming uh, frozen. And this is the second time he's frozen his wiener. <laughs> had to bring it back to life with a heat pack. And apparently, yeah. thawing oh, yeah. a penisicle is very painful. <laughs> well, it's like your feet. Oh, yeah. You know you know when you freeze your feet and yes. then as they're thawing, they, they hurt like a yeah. bastard? It stings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
do you want to tell? Very distracting. It is distracting. Do you want to tell your frozen wiener story? Because I've told you mine before. You've forgotten it, but yeah, but no, no. Just a couple of times as a kid, like you're out playing hockey and you don't want to go into the bathroom. You have a pee and you don't shake it all out. The the, the it literally can freeze at the end of your dicky bird and that's what happened to me a couple of times and i remember one time crying and my mom just saying put hold your hand over the end of it it'll melt it'll melt (laughs) and and then once you did it felt good and you never stopped and again i don't know if literally a you know a a urine becomes a chunk but whatever it is it just freezes enough that it's very uncomfortable and yeah it happened to me a couple of times as a kid how about you howard how about your pecker (laughs) well in the um i guess i was still living in the bloor west village area and it was probably the early 90s. And ex-wife Randy had started to run. And I thought, oh, I'll start to run too. You know, get in shape. And we were going to do uh, a 10K. So I started training. And I was running all the way through the winter. And one Sunday morning, I was out with, you guys remember my dog, Loman, Big sort of black lab, 90-pound dog. And I are running through the streets of uh, Bloor and whatever. And I was out there for a while. It was really, really cold. And I wasn't wearing any official, like, runner's sort of um, clothes. I just had sweatpants on. And so as I sweated, that area became frozen. And I didn't really even notice it. But for a while, I'm running along. And all of a sudden, I realized I can't feel my wiener. And it started to get numb. (laughs) This is where it gets weird. Is I ran behind a building... And I pulled, I had the dog with me and I pulled my pants down. I started rubbing my penis. <laughs> I started rubbing it to, to get the blood to circulate back to the wiener area. And I realized, Dan, that it was behind a church. <laughs> so, and, and I just, I had this flash, like all of a sudden I'm like, morning man, humble Howard arrested, beating off behind a church this Sunday morning while his dog Loman looked on. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, wow. or if it was a Catholic church, hey, young man, why don't you come in? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bring your frozen you can, weenie. Yeah, young man, you can do that in here if you'd like. That's You've right. come to the right place. You've come to the right place to thaw your dink hole. God is with you. Yes. Yeah, I, I, that's the only time that ever happened to me. And I'm going to tell you, Freddie, like even through mm. all the years I played hockey outdoors in Saskatchewan, I froze my feet all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just a combination of I was wearing like this an old pair of sweatpants and it just was brutally cold and my dink froze. Uh, Dan Duran, thank you for your... Um, for your uh, your discovery, penis your, story, your yeah. penis story, yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, thanks to uh, Neil Morrison for dropping in here today. Uh, yeah, it was good, and uh, that's really I think that's all the show we've got. That's all the all the I time we have. Mm-hmm. Yes, a couple more shows left on the road, and then uh, back to the home base. Yeah, and uh, by the way, guys, before we uh, wrap up today, I'd like to tell you that Dan Duran's news was brought to you by Bodog. Hold on. What Cursing is- during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag Okay. There you go. Unprecedented. Our very One of our very first podcast commercials. 
How wow. About that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's already done for. You can't take a washroom break when yeah, that's we're, we're, <laughs> No. <laughs> Listen, I'm aware of the fact that I can't make it through the show anymore without having a pee-pee. Okay. Design something, a little interstitial, <laughs> some sort of feature. That's right. You can uh, can just, you know, walk away from the controls for a little bit. All right. Dan Duran to say so long. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and don't forget this crazy hypocrisy tour continues tomorrow. Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans Just clap your hands Just clap your hands